0: Welcome to Mutual Victory, friends. This is Matt.
1: This is Jeannie.
0: (laughs) Before we do anything, do you have any hot takes or uh, ideas about putting hard liquor in beers?
1: Honey, there are so many things that I could even sort of muster an opinion around. I mean, you don't need opinions
0: or just like Ideas, brainstorming, you know, no. like what to mix with what?
1: No, but uh, interestingly, I was just visiting my sister and I don't have a whole lot of exposure to like television or commercial, like actual television. Okay. And in the hospital, there's television, like yeah. oh, okay. actual television. Right. And there was an ad for Orange Jameson. What
0: isn't Jameson whiskey? Yeah, like orange flavored.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, it had to have been Jameson orange or Jameson. Do you think
0: that's just like Protestant Jameson? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it's just that not was really good. If you're, if you're, if, if you do dirty papist, <laughs>
1: this is the northern this is <laughs> Jameson factory produces Jameson orange, right? Are you looking this up? I am. It's a thing, right? I, don't, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, so, all right. for me, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion because I don't care about liquor, and it seemed odd that we're putting. But I don't know why because there's like raspberry and vodka and shit, right?
0: Yeah, there's like fruit flavor infused vodkas, vodkas, totally. There's like banana and gins, uh, maybe. Maybe. maybe I don't know. Elderberry, Elderberry gin, gin <laughs> is that? A, it's
1: like the only one I could think of. So. Why? What kind of liquor would you like to put in a beer or vice well, versa? Well, I mean,
0: I, I'm drinking a Corona right now. Okay. And it made me think what could go in there. But the only answer I have right now is putting... Tequila. Well, yeah. I mean, what made me think of this is I have an answer for another beer. Oh, okay. And I don't have an answer for this beer. Well, I just gave you one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> can, we let, can we let this unfold? Yep. Sorry. <laughs> So it, this is about basically the spicy Guinness mm-hmm. story where spicy Guinness is, you know, if you're ever going to, if you're in Des Moines and you're ever in, or in Urbandale and mm-hmm. at my parents' house and have a Guinness, there's a 98% chance they will offer it to you. Spicy, spicy Guinness, which means it has a shot of Jameson in it. Right. Yeah. They like, don't drink them any other way.
1: <laughs> they don't drink Guinness without Jameson. I
0: don't think so. I think it's, this is this, huh. you know what, you know, in the Mandalorian, when yeah. it's just like, we put this a shot of, we put a shot of Jameson in our Guinness. This is the way this is, and the way. there is no other way. Okay. Um, but what I like even better is putting a shot of Kraken black rum or dark rum in an, in a shot of Guinness because it's a little bit sweeter and shout out to my sister who came up with the best name ever for this drink. Belfast Siren.
1: The Belfast Siren. Yeah. It's good.
0: It's very good. It's like, it gives you that extra kick, like a shot of Jameson would, but it's a little on the sweet side. Yeah, it's fantastic. So anyway, yes, I'm drinking a Corona, thinking of what would go in there. Tequila is an obvious choice. Have never tried it.
1: Well, at places. (laughs) No shit. I I have a vague... Memory of seeing a margarita.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Was this at
1: the Was this also in Iowa?
0: Maybe at that uh the at Mexican that place? place
1: that has the amazing burritos. What's that place
0: called? I want to say it's called something that I should re- remember. But I um don't.
1: Viva. Viva, yeah, that's why. why it's, it's called, called Viva, Viva, but it's not Ithaca Viva. No, yeah. It's, it's Urbandale Viva. Viva. Del Viva had Giant margaritas, like frozen margaritas with a corona flipped upside down sticking out of the top of the margarita. Yeah. I definitely saw somebody okay. order that.
0: But that also has, since it's a margarita, it has other things in it. It does. A margarita?
1: Yeah, I thought it was just like juice and tequila. Well,
0: yeah, it's like, I mean, if you're going to use the mix, there's that. But then oh. uh, if you're making it with just. You're making it from scratch. Well, yeah, if you're making it with just ingredients, it's like. <laughs> It's tequila, triple sec, Cointreau. Oh. So it's like other things. Or you just get the, the mix. But I mean, okay, it's got other stuff. It's not just tequila and a Corona. Hmm. So that's why it seems like a natural fit. We should try this for science. Okay. I'll try it. You I'll try, try it. it.
1: I'll try it when you're gone. You try it and let me know. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's fine. Um, I had a hot take Ooh. on um, this t-shirt trend. That I noticed, um, and I'm genuinely curious.
0: Is it a resurgence of the co-ed naked? Sports? No, no. Oh.
1: I mean, I, that, I might appreciate that more if that like came okay. back just for like straight up nostalgia yeah. situation.
0: I always wanted one, and mom never let me. Oh, retrospect, I'm good I'm, choice. Yeah, good choice,
1: mom. <laughs> She's so with it. Yeah, she, uh, yeah. So I've noticed fairly recently uh and had the experience of seeing multiple men wearing t-shirts that say real men (laughs) fill in the blank okay and they and every single one has been different oh i don't know if i can remember any other one other than the one that made me like actually laugh out loud because i'm like what and it said real men smell like diesel And I mean, I can appreciate smelling like like like, no, oh okay, like diesel fuel, diesel. Mm. And I'm like, I know what that smell smells like. That smells smells like my grandfather. Mm, So immediately, I'm like, I don't know if this is supposed to be a sexy thing, like real men smell like diesel. But I'm like, immediately in my brain, this man now smells like my grandfather. Yeah, not sexy. Um,
0: Gene probably thought so.
1: I don't know if she did, actually. <laughs> I don't think that that was a selling point for her. No, I meant just in
0: general. Just like, not that Diesel was sexy, but
1: His... I'm sure Gene thought Ralph was sexy at some point. At some point, but I don't know if he smelled like Diesel at that point. I think he was still rocking the like, whatever cologne happened in the 1960s. Oh my God. Wouldn't you love to know I what that was? I would love to know what that was. I would love so much to I know.
0: haven't won cologne in 10 years. No, it hasn't been that long. It has been, yes.
1: No, there were definitely times when we went out when you were wearing cologne. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it was, but if I smelled it, my heart would know. Yeah, right. So anyway, I'm curious if there are um, other equivalents to this t-shirt real men smell
0: like. Diesel. should we make a series of shirts ourselves i think so and be like real men cite their sources
1: <laughs> i'm also concerned like is this a thing like do we have to be concerned that like people don't know what real men are like like it's so weird And I don't think that I've ever seen a shirt that says like real women smell like cupcakes. Like I haven't haven't seen the like counterpart Mm. to this. So I don't know what that would be either. But it's a very strange point to me to make.
0: It makes me think of a a point we brought up last week where like every accusation is a confession. (laughs) And this is just like kind of an extension of that. It's not actually like the shirt isn't. It's not really accusing, it's like proclaiming. Right, okay. You know what I mean? So maybe every proclamation is just an admission of insecurity or it's weakness. It's like insecurity,
1: right? Yeah. It's like you, um, thou dost protest too much kind of scenario, except
0: reversed. Right. What would what else would a real man smell like? A real man would smell like self-reflection.
1: <laughs> Strange.
0: Like is it? it's I mean, I yes, think, it is, but I think I you know, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me how many like t shirts or bold proclamations we see. I mean, we're on the topic of men, so we'll just stay there. Okay. Feel the need to make about oh shit. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the table and I see this Lego piece that i like legit thought i lost this i put this i I got a boba fett lego for christmas (laughs) so i put it together and i like couldn't it said i needed two of these pieces and i couldn't find one so i'm like i'm just gonna put it together without it it's not prominent it's not like you can't tell it's missing if you just looked at it and here it is look at this look at this oh i'm so excited
1: what the hell was i saying i don't know um I got wrapped up into the Boba Fett. (sighs) Jesus Christ. Lego land scenario. Bold proclamations.
0: Yeah. Just like the the need to proclaim to the world how manly you are. And it's because you do these certain things. Like I am such a man because I smell like diesel.
1: (laughs) what What is this funny quote that you always say to me that is like, I think it was a social media thing for a while it was like my hands look like this, <laughs> so that her hands yeah. can look like this. And it's like, and it's always like very, oh. you know, calloused or like rough or dirty hands. Yeah. You know, also alluding to this like level of overt certain type of masculinity, right? Or like and so, I mean, yeah. even then,
0: it's like gen- it's like gender norms where it's oh, a hundred percent. I put my hands in the dirt in the front yard so my wife's hands could be manicured
1: and. Yeah, exactly. Have jewels on them or something. Yeah. And or so no. one of the funniest things that Matt does on the list anyway is when he says something about his hands.
0: <laughs> or really anytime like there is anything on my hands. Right. Like <laughs> soap so- or dirt or frosting. Mm-hmm. My hands look like my this. <laughs>
1: hands look like this. So My hands stupid. have whipped cream on them. <laughs> So your hands don't have to.
0: My hands are bearing the weight of this frosting. Uh,
1: They really are, usually. (laughs) So So, so anyway, my hot take is that I don't know if these shirts are necessary, and I would really love to come up with a whole other counter (laughs) shirt line that says all kinds of other things that real... Fill in the blank. Uh, We could do fill in the blank. We
0: could totally make this happen, and should and should we should do this? We just go to Custom Ink. Sure, make a couple t-shirts. Yep. Let's say so. If anybody has
1: any ideas, like (laughs) you know, real men build Boba Fett Legos. (laughs) (laughs) Real men
0: sing their granddaughters to sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I don't. I don't really sing. I just kind of hum. You just do like throat I, singing. I do basically ohms. You do? It's just like oh, it's a low vibration it's, sound. It puts her right puts out. Puts her right out.
1: Yeah. Puts her right out. That's All right. So what's our topic today?
0: Uh, I don't know. We got so wrapped up into t-shirts and dirty hands. <laughs> topic is movies, sort of. Well, yeah. But more specifically. Very specific. Universe. Universe. We've decided to revisit the Kevin Smith universe, the Kevin View
1: Askew universe, right?
0: Because his production either company is called View Askew, mm-hmm. so all the movies like are connected, take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. He calls it the View Askew universe. View Askew universe. So we re- revisited, not all of them, no, but many, maybe ha- maybe more than half.
1: And it kind of falls into the category of like throwback Thursday kind of scenario. Yeah, because what, well
0: question what made us want to watch these other than we both like them
1: i mean periodically we get on movie binges that are either about the director Mm. or a series or a particular actor Well, sadly
0: it's usually or often when an actor passes away that happens they're like oh we gotta watch these movies like i just watched because william hurt died right recently i watched did we watch anything with William Hurt? I watched...
1: I mean, we always watch The Village. Yeah,
0: but I watched The Accidental Tourist. And... Oh, we watched The Big Show.
1: I can't believe you watched The Accidental Tourist without me. Yeah.
0: I also watched Body Heat. It's William Hurt and Kathleen Turner. Okay. Yeah. I'll re-watch it. It was a really good movie. It was a taut, sexy thriller. <laughs> No, it was really good. It was like the the body heat was about like basically Kathleen Turner and William Hurt meet and they start having like an affair and they like want to be together. So they plot to kill Kathleen Turner's husband. Wow. Yeah. It's good. Oh, I mean, I guess why I came to these is because they were written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan who wrote Big Chill. Right. So I think usually, of course, IMDB is up on my phone.
1: Whenever we're watching movies. Almost
0: anything. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Lawrence Kasdan wrote and directed this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, I've heard of all these. Never seen them. Get them from the library. I'll put them on the background while I do work. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And in the thread of Throwback Thursday, it's kind of like nostalgic to watch these Kevin Smith movies. I mean, how old were you when Clerks came out? Uh... Fourteen, yeah,
0: yeah. Let me double check. We paper, were young, yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember seeing Mall Rats*. I think I was a junior in high school in then. the theater.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I remember seeing *Clerks* in the theater.
0: Wow, look at you!
1: Um, You're so cool in a, a *Cinemapolis*. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow, it's funny. And, um, so we'll get on these little kicks where we watch a movie, and then it kind of leads us down this like rabbit hole, and um. You know, we have, in episodes past, particularly recently, we were talking about things like our love story, talking about things like love languages and things like that. And I would say that Kevin Smith had a significant hand in our hooking up. <laughs> really? Definitely. Oh. Because, it can only
0: be because I quoted a movie, his repeatedly.
1: Well, because we, not only did you quote his movies repeatedly like I knew exactly what you were quoting and mm. there was definitely a moment of like mm. did you just know what I was quoting yeah. because one of our love languages that you know we made up um, movie quotes. <laughs> is movie quotes so like if we can have if we can have a movie quote conversation where it's like one of us says something and there is a very clear understanding of mm-hmm. what that's from and the perfect response, because it's the next line in the movie <laughs> or it just makes sense. Yeah. Then, you know, there's like that extra level of connection and bond. And yep. we bonded on a lot of movie stuff mm-hmm. when we were first hanging out mm-hmm. and dating and music stuff um, and definitely heavier on the movies. There were things like that, you know, at least in other relationships I had been in they did not care about <laughs> some right, certain like, movies that I really, really loved, yeah, like Mallrats.
0: There, there was definitely some with like previous relationships because of generational like they, you know, they'll understand what I'm saying, yep. but like and appreciate. Yep. But not to the level it's like that someone gets it as well or as much or as likes yep. it as much as you do. And I felt that with his Wait a movie- second,
1: you were in other relationships before you were with me. <laughs> hmm. That's weird.
0: It's weird, isn't it? I didn't. It's so weird. I didn't know that. No, <laughs> you sure didn't. <laughs> um, Yeah. And it, it with his movies. The first, I mean, I saw Mallrats first and then I went back, saw Clerks. Mm. And it was one of those times where I'm like, Oh, he's referencing shit. I like, or he's talking about stuff I'm into. So it's almost like, I'll say my generation, but like someone's making shit and it's on the screen and it's stuff I like too. So I get it kind of thing. I I felt that way about, no, you know, I don't think you like the show as much as I did when it was on, but How I Met Your Mother. Eh. Yeah. I watched the I whole thing. I wanted
1: the show to be about Marshall and <sighs>
0: Lily. Lily. I watched the whole thing as it was going on. I enjoyed it. I think I revisited it once. And I have no desire to go again. But that was actually the only other time where a show was happening. I'm like, oh, I feel like the people that make this or write it are like not only my age, which just meant I was getting older.
1: But are also into the same Into
0: the same stuff. A lot of like the references, the humor Mm -hmm. that I totally got. I'm like, oh, okay. This is like they're into the same stuff. So that helped me with the buy-in. I totally got it. Absolutely. I mean, the easiest, you know way in for Kevin Smith is his references and obvious love of Star Wars. Right. right? Yeah. It was totally like, which was
1: major because this was before everything got all hyped up again about Star Wars. So it was like, whoa, someone else is interested in this, like, and loves this at at a level. Right. That I've loved this. Well,
0: this was like the Star Wars deficit. We're like, yeah, at that point there were three movies. There were three movies and, uh, they're probably novelization. There were books, but I mean, as far as TV shows and movies, there were the, the Ridge Tridge, and there were a handful Tridge. of other things, but not to the level it is now. So right. it was definitely not as around. So it made, I mean, which one thing probably helped it, which it's like, it's not around as much. So like when it was around and accessible, it was like, yes, but you know, can I get me, you know, give me more of it, give me more of it. Yeah. And they kind of like pulled back and, you know, it was a little scarcity kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it was and I think that like particularly the Mallrats dogma um and then it you know is one level like I think that our generation had a love for those movies um probably more widespread than some of the other ones and like then the later
0: ones Mhm I mean, like the ones that came
1: after like No, like Clerks and Chasing Amy like Yeah. Um, and so I I remember distinctly. I think that actually you had quoted something from Clerks, and I was like, "Really? Did you just quote Clerks?" Oh wow! Yeah, and I also had the thought, um. You know, one of the one of the sitcommy shows that we watched throughout our relationship we've mentioned before in other podcasts is Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah. And um, you know, at one point a couple characters in that show are getting married and there's this like, you know, have a celebrity officiate your wedding kind yeah. of a thing. And I distinctly having a thought, I was like, you know what? I mean, there are a ton of characters. So like celebrities that play characters that we probably could have come up with and been like, yeah, that'd be somebody that would be really cool to like officiate our wedding kind no, of a like- thing
0: a fictional character. Right, like yeah, a okay.
1: um like a fictional character. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm not so into f- like being in the fantasy fictional world, at least not when <laughs> it comes to like a wedding ceremony <laughs> that I uh, I would want to roll the dice on a random celebrity and I'm like, "Do you know who I would actually have been like, let's let's get if someone was like, you can have anybody officiate your wedding, it totally would have been Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah. It would have been Kevin Smith because of the connection that we had around mm. his movies early on and like having some marathons and mm-hmm. watching them together and like just general appreciating the generational thing. um, And like when he's being serious and reverent, mm. he's serious and reverent. Oh, totally. And when he's funny, he's being funny and it's just like who he is. So, mm. um, and I could listen to his voice forever. Like oh, yeah. it was, it was one of the things that I found the funniest about, silent bob the character that he would play is like he says like five words in oh, any yeah. given I mean, movie he's,
0: he said in q a is that those roles are completely reversed where in real life he is the talker he's the talker and jay is the much quieter one and in the fictional universe they flipped it and it's hilarious and i thought the same thing too i'm like oh he's got a q a and watching those dvds i'm like oh the like this is almost a stand-up yeah like someone will ask a question And he will tell this amazing story that's like both kind of mundane, like nothing. I mean, it's not true, nothing. But sometimes it's just like the most basic shit about like the relationship between he and his wife. But I mean, that's part of why it's so relatable. Like this is hilarious. It's just you and your wife. And that's part of the charm. Mm -hmm. It's also hilarious. And it's also like, you know, a very basic cornerstone of a lot of relationships, right? You know, it's that accessibility Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, you can see it in the f- especially clerks where it's just like he wanted to make a movie and like he just wanted to, you know, he had something to say, he had a voice. And like, I can't imagine how many people were like, you want to make a movie about what? Like, this is it takes place in a where and it's mm-hmm. it takes like how like how is this going to work? And anything done with honesty and integrity. And his genuine in his emotions can totally
1: work. Totally work. Yeah. And and you know, that's the thing, exactly what you were saying about the way that he tells stories and um that it I mean, could you just imagine that kind of part of wedding ceremonies-ish where someone says something about the couple? Like yeah. there's kind of like they came together and there's a blah blah blah. And like, could you imagine Kevin Smith telling <laughs> your love story like it it's just he's just so good at it because of a lot of reasons And particularly for me it's like the characters are so relatable mm. and he tells everything in such an honest way and um so i definitely had had that thought when you know we were watching whatever episodes those were of big bang where it was like well wheaton's gonna officiate or is amy and sheldon's wedding right well yeah, wheaton's gonna Will officiate going to, right? and then um and Mark Hamill. <laughs> ultimately Mark Hamill officiates. <laughs> and uh and it it brought me on this little like loop of like, oh, who would who would be who would be the celebrity officiant?
0: Especially it's it's so interesting to watch his interviews and him over the years. Like the he like he he'll post reactions of himself like either just after he has watched something or listen to something i think he, he he's recently behind a the reboot of the masters of the universe looks like it's like a cartoon really yeah, redoing he-man
1: oh, i didn't know that and like
0: he listened to the theme song and like posted a picture of his face with tears in it because it like
1: <laughs> it moved so him to much. tears
0: oh yeah he like he is so unashamed to be so emotional About shit he loves, so we could
1: say that real men cry at he man theme songs. Yes, yes, yes. T-shirt number three
0: have man tears, not even man tears, beyond man tears,
1: just have tears. (laughs)
0: Well, they're different. Man tears aren't actual tears. What are women tears? Everywhere, plentiful, (laughs) abundant. (laughs) Dog tears. Dog tears. Dog tears. Oh my god! What is with you? I don't know. Today
1: is a it's a dark time. God damn it. Um, um. So...
0: But wait, hold on. Okay. Man tears are like... Okay, so when you're watching Avengers Endgame and Cap has just strapped the shield to his arm that's like sliced open and he's just like limping towards Thanos' army and ready to take everyone on himself. When he hears Sam say, on your left and a portal opens, mm-hmm. and like you are overwhelmed and overcome with emotion. But you like kind of control it. You get chills. Maybe your eyes well up a little bit. Okay. And I, th- those are man tears.
1: Hmm. It's interesting how like man s- tears oh. – get subdued and controlled but man colds get completely (laughs) blown out of proportion it's interesting to me
0: it's it's a paradox It's, it's
1: the silliest thing
0: right i'm not saying man tears are the way or the best way to handle that i'm just saying that like i've heard this phenomenon man tears and it exists like
1: i had man tears watching uh, a league of their own yesterday oh,
0: no you had tears you had nope. some tears are you sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah I thought I saw some tears there was that there were other tears but I had man tears oh, as well oh okay yeah
0: uh, the tears I think I saw was when Marla says goodbye to her father at the train station yeah, those were, the train. yeah those were real tears those were real yeah. tears
1: good lord yeah. every time because Marla Hooch's father looks like my grandfather yeah I see that it's like so then I just have to cry about it mm-hmm. anyway we started with watching Clerks We did and um, everything about that movie is amazing.
0: Yeah, I had not seen that movie in a while. I remember it being kind of on the raw side as far as like production value, actor performances. Mm-hmm. Only because I think you know he was like a film student. Like this was really? done. Uh, He's still mean, a student. Oh, uh, I mean, only in the fact. Well, maybe not because I think he dropped out of film school. Because he was going to school in Canada, and he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to go make a movie. Just go make a movie. So, it and I think in the Q&A, he's like, the school advertised that it would be very hands-on and technical. And then, like, there was a little... It started off by being theoretical, and you're talking about it. He's like, I don't I don't want this. i right. just going to go make a movie. Um, and I learned like, so
1: much from that movie. Yeah. Well, in the performances,
0: I don't... Like, they're his friends. I don't think they're, like, professional actors. So... And I don't think this is to the movie's detriment. I think, like, there's only one scene. I think that's what
1: I loved about it. Yeah.
0: There's only one scene where, like, it kind of seemed like the two were just reading lines back and forth, but, which is funny, because I remember when I first watched it, that was my takeaway. Mm. And then watching it this time, the scene between Dante and Randall, when, like, they're, you know, talking about, does he want to be with Caitlin? You know, who does does Dante want to be with? Or, like, what is, you know, there's this kind of debate going on Mm -hmm. that is really kind of profound if you get past this kind of let's say poor acting i won't say that at all but like you get past the kind of the, the the rawness of of the scene um and i remember that this time around i'm like oh wow this is actually this hit different
1: you know what it was though about the rawness that didn't seem like rawness is that a word <laughs> it is now it sounds really weird um <laughs>
0: It does sound
1: weird. It didn't seem that way to me because of this reason. Mm. We're talking about characters who are in their early 20s, right? Yeah. And Well,
0: yeah. I mean, because they're in college, I think. Or
1: or like, yeah. Yeah. Or like the girlfriend wants him to be in college Mm -hmm. or something. And when I have witnessed in my life two adolescent men... Mm having conversations, particularly conversations around like where one of them has a strong opinion and the other one has an opposing opinion or a confused opinion. What makes that scene I think seem raw is how quickly Mm. they respond to each other. Like it's rapid fire dialogue, right? And in a more like polished acting scene, there would be like pauses Pauses for like things to land and then the rebuttal to happen but that's not how adolescent men would be trying to convince each other of something. That's like really... they would be talking over one another and like ready to pounce. They're not actively listening to shit. <laughs> They're just like waiting for a, a break in a breath pattern to jump in and be like, no, you're dumb. You know, like this is actually what you need to be doing. So I think that that's why I liked it because it didn't seem like these were polished conversations. Yeah. It oh, seemed it's so funny. You say that. Cause yeah. like,
0: Being an adolescent male at one point, I like that part of that scene, I never would have picked up on.
1: Interesting. 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 Mm, Good take. So we started and I realized how many things I learned from the Clerks movie as a 13, (laughs) maybe 14 year old. Well, if you saw if
0: you saw in the theater and I was, it came out, I was probably 14, you might have been 13. When
1: did it come out? 1994. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was definitely 13. Yeah. Unless it was later on in the year.
0: Yeah. I mean, you were 13, 14. No mm-hmm. older than 15. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you saw it in the theater. Yeah.
1: And I realized also at that time that my best friend was, <sighs> there wasn't a whole lot of supervision. Just for all you listeners out there.
0: There was no supervision. There was lot supervision. Every story you tell me, I'm like, where the hell <laughs> were your parents?
1: Um my best friend's her boyfriend at the time was in his early twenties. Like Jesus Christ. she was 14, he was like 20. I know. This is terrible, right?
0: I'm not gonna use any I mean, names in this
1: story. Yeah, it's terrible. And um, and I can't remember if he worked there or if his friends worked there, but they worked at the local Kinko's, which is like oh, wow. a copy center, right? It was a copy was center. Was a copy right? center. This is a college town. Copy center would be open like mm. I think Kinko's was like honestly 24 hours a day. It Good was something board. insane like that. And so like going to these places where there were clerks at the copy center. I'm like, these people are real people. Mm. I just had that whole unfolding of watching this movie where I'm like, this doesn't seem like a stretch. It doesn't seem like some Hollywood. It seems like somebody just, and I did actually still have that thought watching mall rats too, with the cars that people are driving and the houses, the driveways that they're pulling out of. Like, I don't know when there was this big switch to, I I think I vaguely have a memory of sitcoms in the 80s of like houses being modest and cars being normal and mm. like then all of a sudden it wasn't like that. Like everyone yeah. that was the center family or situation in a sitcom, unless it was part of the shtick, was pretty affluent. Like yeah. think about the cars and the houses and like modern, modern family, family and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I think it's like some article i read it's like what would phil have to pull to afford all that it's like two million a year something ridiculous as a realtor
1: like how many houses is he selling right well
0: yeah lots 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 of big expensive houses lots of big expensive houses
1: so i loved that part about it it was so like the whole view universe is very relatable
0: yes and I'm having some epiphanies. Mm. One is that this movie is relatable in your 20s, but it's like also relatable because I mean, essentially what it's like the dissatisfaction of like what your life is and what's going on, which like can happen at any time. And we watch these because I compared this movie to the big chill. Right. Right. That's why we got on this kick. Yeah. So I just remember that. Um. But that's why he made, Like he made a second one, like a clerk's two, 20 years. Mm -hmm. No, 10 years, 11 years after it, because it was like 2005 or six. Okay. So it's like 11 or 12. And it's like clerks was where I'm at in my 20s. Clerks two is like where I am in my 30s. It's like different (laughs) stages of life. And like some shit doesn't change. We're like, there's the potential for dissatisfaction with any part of your life. Yep. If you decide to take any action or do anything about it, you could change that. Like that yes. that's it's true for any time. So like you can that's you know good art is applicable for any and all times. I won't say it's timeless, but you know, it's like this this could apply it's to universal. many times in your life. Right. Very universal.
1: Yeah. What do you think of all of the Viewisk Universe movies? Which one do you quote the most?
0: Oh, easily Mallrats, probably.
1: I think so too because you love Brody. Yeah, because Jason Lee is
0: like, because what you often say about why I, why you find me funny is the inflection I use. Yeah. And it's exactly why I find Jason Lee funny whenever he's funny. It's the inflection he uses is half the humor. Mm-hmm. He just delivers the lines hilariously. And just seeing that, in th- that was my first exposure to Kevin Smith, it was Mallrats in the theater. And Jason Lee just, you know, killed it and it was really funny. <laughs> did you know that a lot of his characters or many based off of Jaws and his love of Jaws?
1: I think that we talked about this.
0: Yeah, probably. I was just like, hey, did you know while we were watching the movie like a fucking asshole?
1: No, I love that you do that because then I get all these fun facts. Like <laughs> I just have like this person next to me that has rando information that is useful
0: it, uh, it's uh,
1: okay in the sense that it helps me understand whatever we're watching a little yeah. bit deeper. That's for sure. Are you going to elaborate? Oh because yeah, well people are listening and they're like, "Well, I what? mean,
0: let's see." T.S. His last name is Quint, like Quint and Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Charles' character, Brody. Brody. His Brody's name is Brody Bruce. Brody being Chief Brody and Bruce being what they called the shark when right. they were
1: making the movie. Uh, Is that why that's the shark's name in Finding Nemo? Yes. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's adorable. See? I wouldn't yeah. have any of this information if it wasn't for you. I
0: know. Thank God I'm here.
1: <laughs> I I think that what I loved, well, first of all, I have to say that Jason Lee, my opinion, nobody has to believe or agree with me. Jason Lee is like our generations Ryan Reynolds but better
0: Oh, that's a good take. Like ha, right, elaborate, go ahead.
1: So, you know, everyone is always like Ryan Reynolds. He's super cute. Mm-hmm. Um he has an iconic voice yep. that like you can pick out of anywhere. Mm-hmm even though he's really good at playing different characters, there's still this like energy underneath it all. Yeah. That's like very clearly Ryan Reynolds. Right. Like it's just his, I don't know what it's his soul. <laughs> and it's his own little sparkle. And Jason Lee has that, that like all of those same categories yeah. and he's way more attractive personally, Ooh. I think than Ryan Reynolds ever oh. has been in his life. But there's something like there's just something about the way that he plays a character and um and how good he like how good he is able to step into this place of a character that you have complicated feelings for, <laughs> right? Like when you first meet Brody, I mean, okay, so I'm watching that scene uh-huh. with Brody and Renee. They're in his basement bedroom. First of all, like all relatable, all totally relatable, all of this. Like, you know, he's not he's not in this, uh, you know, super clean, organized, perfectly decorated teenage bedroom that nobody had, by the way, at least nobody I ever knew growing up. He's living in his parents' basement. It's kind of a shit show. Um, They're in a single bed. Like, there, all of that was relatable. Mm-hmm. Right down to the, I think I told, I said this to you when we were watching it the t-shirt oh, that that t shirt that Shannon t- Doherty's wearing yeah. in that scene, I had. I so I'm watching this scene unfold and I'm like, I wanna slap this guy in his face. <laughs> like, there's nothing redeeming about him. He absolutely deserves to get broken up with right now. Like, this is how we're starting the movie. Yeah. Not even 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, Brody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Just get back together with Brody. Why? Why doesn't everybody love Brody? And I had that same experience in chasing Amy too, mm, where like he's yeah. kind of a dick. Oh, he's a super dick. And then at the same time, you're like, oh Brody, I have all these. Like, <clears throat> I totally understand where you have this, just a layer and and levels to you.
0: And yeah, I mean, you're saying this too, and like I'm thinking about character arc characterization. It's like for whatever guff Kevin Smith gets for his movies, it's like he like his characters aren't one dimensional. They're not just like always this way or always that way. Like how many movies come out now that just like everyone is just a cardboard cutout or a stand-in for like a type of character and right. there's not relatable depth to them. Right. And for you know It's like what's it's you know for how many times I have to hear about what's killing movies nowadays? <laughs> it's like maybe you make characters that are both believable um, and we kind of like and we kind of don't like,
1: you know, like real people. Like real people <laughs> that that like there's some really amazing redeeming qualities. And then there's also these places where you're like, what the fuck? Stop talking. <laughs> you know, like so it just. Yeah, that is that's my that's just my personal reflection around Jason Lee. <laughs> And how, I, and I don't remember him being, you know, the in any way, shape, or form. Particularly when we were that age, uh, and the movies were coming out in in any cat- category of being a heartthrob or being like, no, yeah. you know, this like teen yeah. young person symbol of uh, of cutesiness. Yeah, he uh, was like a professional
0: ska- was or is like professional skateboarder. What? Yeah.
1: How did I not know this? He, I don't know. I don't know shit. Yeah,
0: he does that. Did you know that he got the role in I think The Incredibles as Syndrome? Uh huh. Because someone saw him as uh, in Dogma as Azriel, Oh, that's fun. So I think that's like that led to his role in Dogma led to Incredibles. Yeah. I think I read somewhere. I don't know how true it is. I think I read it, which I believe because
1: even when he was playing Azriel in Dogma, it was like
0: so. Okay, speaking of dogma, before we get into anything else, what is your... If you had to pick one right now, Mm -hmm. which one would it be? I I think we're also leaning heavily on what we would call classic Kevin Smith as far as like stage one and then like... Because he's made some things. But are
1: the other things considered technically the view universe? Well, there's
0: there's Zach and Miri make a porno. Is that in the... Ah, that's a good question. Like I I thought
1: the whole thing was that... They all kind of overlap and grew up in the same town and like right. I know hole. Zach
0: and Miri takes place in like Pittsburgh. Definitely not in New Jersey. I think. Okay. So I don't know. I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, we stopped with we watched Dogma. Mm-hmm. I watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back mm-hmm. last weekend. What, what were you doing? Oh, you were helping your sister give birth.
1: I, you know, <laughs> being a doula.
0: So I put together a Boba Fett Lego a Lego Boba Fett helmet and watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which, you know what? That that movie, I've always enjoyed it. I saw that in the theater with my sister, in a packed theater of full of Kevin Smith fans, and it was one of the top five movie-going experiences, because it's like, and you're in a big room with a ton of people that are in the same shit Mm -hmm. you love and, like, so much fun. That movie, it gave me a lot of Endgame vibes, like Avengers Endgame, because it had a very yearbook-type feel, where there was... Lots of callbacks to previous movies. A lot of the characters showed up in the movie, like for a little bit. Like Uh they didn't not a lot of them from previous movies had a significant role, but like almost every major character in his previous movies had a role in this movie as kind of like to tie a bow on this. And it was it was and there was a lot of celebrity cameos. So that added to the fun factor. And yeah, it holds up. Like, you know, this came out twenty two years ago, and I enjoyed it just as much. So it was it's kind of fun. Which is funny though. Like after that, I think he then made Clerks Two. Right. Like, and then did other stuff.
1: Like I mean, I'm glad I was helping my sister and I'm bummed that I didn't get to watch
0: that. You can watch it again. I would totally just watch it again right now.
1: Because I just love Jan's album so much. <laughs> so much. Well, this is the other thing. Jason Mew's voice is also very iconic. I mean, like, there's something oh, I don't even know. I don't know what it is. I, it might just be pure nostalgia, like coursing through my veins when I hear his voice, when we've listened to like the podcast and right. things like that. Yeah. I'm just like, I love him. I hope that he is doing well. well like, I, I, I'm just I mean, So invested emotionally. In I
0: know he has a child. He has a daughter, I think. And I think, i mean kevin smith does like a handful of podcasts yeah you know he does smodcast which he's done for i don't even know did how he still
1: many. do the batman one
0: Batman on batman mm-hmm. um this is terrible i don't know exactly but i know the one he did with jason muse where it was the intention was to be a weekly check-in conversation with muse to so make like, sure he was okay yeah or like okay and clean because he was going to rehab so it was like a weekly accountability like hey how's my friend doing Let's keep tabs. Let's make right. sure you're okay kind of thing, which is amazing. Um, yeah. Props that Jason Mewes for like, like if you watch Clerks and then watch like Jay and Simon Bob Strike Back, like he's got a, he's in that movie a lot. Like he's got a, not only like.
1: Well, he was in Dogma a lot.
0: He, I think he's in this movie just as more? much as even more because he's in like, they're I the main remember. characters. So like. As far as like his acting and comedic timing, mm-hmm. it is got it is like you can see how improved it has gotten over the years. And there's a lot of times where like it is his delivery that is the hilarious part.
1: <laughs> you know, it's
0: not just the words that Kevin Smith has written, but like the delivery, which, you know, helps seals the deal as far as making it hilarious. Um, what's like, I gotta talk about Chasing Amy. Right. Because, first of all, 25 years. I think so. I think, Something yeah. like that. So I am curious. Like, when I first saw it, <laughs> my first take was, oh, I'm um, sad. This was not as funny as Mallrats. <laughs>
1: oh, shit. Really? Yeah.
0: So it was a little disappointing, because after seeing Mallrats and then watching Clerks, I'm, like, expecting another hilarious, and Jason Lee is in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for Jason Lee to just be as fucking hilarious right, as he was in Mallrats, and he wasn't. Because that's not what the kind of movie it was. Right. So I was a little disappointed. You know, going back and rewatching it, obvious my opinion obviously changed because mm-hmm. of like knowing the kind of movie it is. Um But I yeah, I know what as we were re rewatching it, I wanted to hear your take mm-hmm. on you know on a lot of things. So go ahead.
1: So first of all, that movie was probably Twenty years ahead of its time, yeah. and yeah, I would agree. Watching it when it first came out was, I mean, <laughs> for our for our listeners, um, you know, I grew up in lesbian community. I grew up raised by women. I grew up um, in you know that scene where Alyssa is she's getting her comic book ready and like they're stuffing envelopes and things like that. And like, it's basically the room full of gay girls just doing their thing and in friendship and hanging out. I'm like, I have been in this living room scene before. (laughs) Like I know what the energy of this space is like. I I mean, so again, so many things about this universe just Mm. felt so Mm. affirming and relatable to me. And that wasn't, at least in the other, I'm trying to think of other movies that were coming out around the same time that I'd watched. Clueless, uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> like, <laughs> these are the movies I'm going to see. And I'm like, okay, entertaining, not my life. And uh, and so a, it a little bit had the energy of like, this is a movie about people who could be my friends. Mm. Um, So that movie was so dead on accurate with so many things that I think that definitely in the lesbian community at that time I mean I was young and from what uh, few conversations I heard it was like oh god you know how is this going to be handled this like um, eh, white male fantasy perhaps of,
0: of like being, being a
1: with a, a lesbian woman and like bringing her back to being straight, you know, and, and it wasn't that it wasn't about that at all. It was complex human relationships. It was, you know, questioning this whole idea around sexual identity, which was 20 years before it's time. Totally. Like, I actually had the thought when we were watching this that I wanted our kids to watch it. Because I wonder like what that generation would think Mm. about these ideas of like, well, if you're going to be a lesbian, you must be a lesbian. And like, this is what lesbians are like. And, um, you know, just some of those, some of those pieces. And also the scene, that same scene where Alyssa and her friends were together and she kind of tells them about, um, Holden, Holden. (laughs) She tells them about Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) uh so the reaction that, right yeah, it, like yeah i know you know my my mom had a best friend who you know as long as we had known her obviously she was a lesbian and was with women and she fell in love with this man who lived on the same street that she lived on and uh and there was there was a whole lot of kickback and energy mm-hmm. around that and this was in the you know mid 90s mm-hmm. and so it was just, it was so head on, like, totally accurate, 100% multidimensional and uh, and wonderful. And also the whole, like, question around, like, why are you being weird or evasive about pronouns? Like, yeah. that thing. I was like, was anybody talking about pronouns? No. no Kevin not. Smith is a genius. And he <laughs> had a crystal ball. And he was seeing the future of all these you know this younger generation that is like, let's just kind of throw it all out and do things differently in our way. And Alyssa yeah. was a hundred percent that character, twenty years ahead of her, twenty five yeah. years ahead of her time.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Also, like I did not relate to the lesbian community as you did at, at the time. <laughs> you do Watching, yeah, you I,
1: don't like, say honey.
0: I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, I kind of paid attention or realized it. This watch, like this watching, and we haven't watched, I haven't watched it in years, right? Um, But like, remember being young and watching it, and like, I think the first time being like, Ben Affleck's character, like, what are you worried about? Like, why are you so hung up on this? And then like, re-watching it. Year- I mean, this is like original watch, like I right. was maybe 17, 18.
1: Yeah.
0: Not kind of getting it, and then like watching it five or seven years later, be like, I actually understand this now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, again, complex human relationships where over time, as you grow, maybe you don't understand this conflict. You rewatch it like, oh, wait, I actually get this now. I get why he is feeling the way he is. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. That was. And now I'm watching it. I'm like, lesbian community. Honey, chime in. Because I don't know shit. (laughs) I do not have the exposure you do. Please explain.
1: Well, and that's the other thing, too, is something that was brought to my attention at a formative age through watching these movies was something that would not have occurred to me, I don't think, if it wasn't a part of both Clerks Mm. and Chasing Amy and a little bit in Mallrats too was there was this like I mean it wasn't it wasn't like about like slutiness like that wasn't you know it, because I think that also there was this level of you know we're gonna talk about what people have done in past relationships or things that they'd experienced and um and be open about it and also watch somebody struggle like struggle with the the thoughts of what someone had experienced prior to being in a relationship with them and i don't think that it would have dawned on me otherwise that like particularly i mean the guys that i grew up with the boys that i knew like they seemed so um well buttoned up about their Emotions around like jealousy or feeling threatened or um, like someone was more experienced than them or anything like that. And and th- that came up in, in definitely all three of those movies in mm. some way where it was like a female character had a past mm. <clears throat> and had done something. And like watching male characters Not like wrestle with that. And I'm like, is this something? that they do like I it was so it, it was just a learning experience for me because I had definitely heard my female friends at that time being like well you know he has slept with three girls like hmm, I don't know like what am I going to bring to the table like this is very nerve-wracking and I never it just didn't occur to me for a moment that a, you know a 22 year old guy would be like wait a second you <laughs> Whatever the one was in the clerks is like thirty seven blowjobs or something <laughs> yeah. like that. I'm thirty <laughs> seven. <laughs> it was like, you know, like oh, hmm, this is mm. this is a thing. Yeah, and oh, yeah, it
0: seems a, a, a common theme, quote unquote, right. like Men dealing with this. Yeah. Well, you know what? He nailed it. The male ego is fragile.
1: Yeah, but it was. It also didn't f- have that energy of like super slut shamey. Either, which oh, is right. another yeah, yeah, yeah. reason that like these movies were ahead of their time because it wasn't about like, oh, shame on you. You know, the actress who played Alyssa.
0: Joey Lauren Adams.
1: When she was in Mall rats, there was like, yeah. you know, the whole thing about I would I would be with T.S. if I could have been with T.S. Mm. And the girl's like, didn't you cheat on him like three <laughs> times? And she's like, whatever, you know, like, sure, I did. Capricious you. And uh, so it didn't feel slut-shamey. It felt like, you know, like genuine human vulnerability and uh, a lack of confidence and concern yeah, of mean, being
0: lesser than. And I think some characters tried to be slut-shamey. Like, oh, of course. But then, like, that's not how I think the movie portrays it, where, like, there's significant counter-argument. We're like, this is, no, like, this is just... But it was still. Why are we still, shaming any of this behavior?
1: You know. And it was still for the time period as well. Super, 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 n- like the other end of slut shaming. I mean, think about Trish the Dish and her whole storyline of like she is collecting research, she's sleeping with all these guys, but nobody calls her then. And no one calls. And and she's she has this notebook where she's like rating people and like. None of that was, oh, my God, can you believe this, you know, young girl woman is sleeping with all of these men. It was just like, mm-hmm, yep, borgasm. Like, oh, my God. It it just was like. T.S. was a little taken aback by it a little bit. Right? Well, T.S. is wound for sound, though. Like, he was like so. True. He was a
0: little on edge. On edge movie.
1: about everything. Know, he was like a little baby deer in a lot of ways.
0: A baby deer that could have. Produce a diamond (laughs) if you shoved a lump of coal up his back.
1: For real, for real. And just those kind of storylines and characters, I think we're actually like, again, we're thinking about the mid-90s. This is sexual empowerment Mm. that still was not happening around female characters at that time. At least not that I can think of
0: not to the level it is today in any sort of media whether it's like movies or TV I and mean, right. not mass media, you know. Um head of his time. Ahead of his time. Also, see it's funny, like your experience with Chase and Amy is where I land with dogma being like the Catholic. Right. And like coming to terms with like the religion. It's funny, Kevin Smith makes dogma to like come to terms and deal with being Catholic Whereas, like, when I, you know, my reaction is, like, I want to do research. I want to know what Christianity was exactly like the 100 years after Christ was alive. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, what was his, what did he actually say? What was the actual thing? Like, I don't give a shit what anyone's saying for, or, like, you know, 1,400 years later. right? Like, what was it actually? Like, that's, like, that's my kind of, like, how do I come to terms with the establishment it's like mm-hmm. you know the the you know I can't make a movie. I'm not going to make a movie that kind of crit- that criticizes or like debates. And I'm like I want to know. Give me. I want to get down to the bottom of this, and that's kind of like where I land. And even then, like the movie talks about like Jesus being black, right? You know, which is like, and maybe it's just the prevalence of social media where it's just like Jesus does not look like Obi Wan Kenobi in Attack of the Clones, right? Like he's not white. And he doesn't have a. Light blonde, dirty blonde hair. Mm -hmm. He's gonna look like someone that was in the Middle East.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That movie inspired me to read the Bible. Uh, I mean, I'm literally speechless. Read it, like you know, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Huh? This is what check. I was like, you know, well, because there's the part in the be like the very beginning. Do I? Yeah, I do. Yeah. No. There's the part in the very beginning that's like, this is. A work of fiction, blah blah blah. Do you oh, know what the I'm talk-
0: movie! I thought you meant the Bible.
1: No, no, it's no, It's no, no, part no. of the
0: beginning of the Bible. Like, oh, today, I, I, I mean, I don't part. even think
1: I could still start a sentence like that. I just, I, okay. I have to ask you every year on Easter to fill in some serious blanks for me. Yep, again yep. and again every year. Um the beginning of the movie where it's like, this is an act of fiction, anything that, you know, like there's a whole disclaimer because I do remember everybody getting their panties in a twist about this movie and how like offensive it was, which just, of course I'm sure made so many people want to watch it that much more. Yeah, right. Uh, But I'm like, huh, this is a work of fiction. Like we're really hammering this home right now at the beginning of this movie that, Has a shit monster, so I'm not sure why poop monster. I'm not sure why we have to put this at the front of this movie with a poop monster.
0: It's like it's it's the it's the equivalent of like the fragile male ego, where it's like any sort of criticism or anything, and it just almost crumbles. It's like if it was as strong as it proclaimed to be, it could withstand a movie that had a rubber poop monster in it, and it's fine. It's It's okay. It's fine. It's okay. But yeah. It's a I, shit demon. It was a shit demon. Right? The, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so I so I watched it and I got curious because of that and I was like, I wonder how much of this is in the Bible.
0: <laughs> of what of which part, honey?
1: <laughs> Any part. I was just there was a lot of questions. I mean, I think that what I first got curious about were the different types of angels for some reason. Yeah, so, I think that's in
0: there. I mean, it's pretty um, obscure. It's, they don't really lead with that, but yeah.
1: Alan Rickman's character is talking about a specific yeah, choir of angels, yeah. and I was like, there are choirs oh, yeah, of totally. angels? Yeah. And so that just kind of, there were, that was where I started, was like kind of looking, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I haven't actually ever read the Bible. Like I remember being a little girl and going to a couple of – Sunday school classes and having like a picture type of mm-hmm. Bible thing. But other than that,
0: right. Yeah. I had,
1: even, I, mm,
0: I dusted the one I have off and like tried to read a little bit every day just to like read it.
1: You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This,
0: this shit is thrown around all the time. Right. And to know what's actually in it. It's funny, all the stories that you, like, have been exposed to that are, like, biblical stories, it's amazing how much shit they leave out, where it's like, wait a minute, this character did what? This character did this? It's like, yeah, there's this. they kind of cherry pick which parts of the story they want to have in there and which ones they leave out, Mm -hmm. you know? But, yeah, it's definitely something, I mean, it's hard. It's a really long book. Yeah.
1: It's really long. And there's a lot of confusing parts. And sometimes it reads like... <laughs> I have this thought. So <laughs> um, You know how sometimes when um, you know, you're watching something, you can get like a transcript... Of that thing that you're watching? <sighs> or Unfortunately, well, I know no, exactly what you're talking about. But remember, the other day, it was we were trying to find a specific Saved by the Bell episode from mm. the new Saved by the Bell. And a transcript came in handy because I found a transcript of season one. Yep, or season two. We were able to find what we needed. Exactly. So, you know, transcripts. Sometimes the Bible reads like a transcript. It's like is someone just talking and every single thing that is being said is just kind of recorded down without any editing around? Is this oh, readable?
0: It's kind of the exact opposite. This book has been like <laughs> translated and retranslated and translated from a dead language to edited, to re-edited, to edited. You think that edited. you're
1: saying translated, but you're meaning
0: mansplained. You translated like a uh, king or, queen or king wants a copy so they have a translation committed or uh, commissioned and they write this but leave stuff out oh it's it's it is just it's been translated and re-edited a lot
1: what are you doing yeah I'm making sure that we're touching on all the bases here
0: any bases that we miss hit me with your next base what do you got we can edit this part out too so it's no big deal
1: um well, I mentioned the fact that it's relatable, um, with houses, cars, clothes, like the Viewesk universe. At, at like, a bigger, like
0: socioeconomically, y-
1: yeah. Just like it didn't, it didn't look like sets to me, or mm. like a perfect setup. And so, and maybe you know this because you've watched a lot of the interviews that Kevin Smith has done, or like
0: his uh, evening with yeah
1: yeah um you know like if he was inviting his friends to come and plan things were they also like okay like whose bedroom can we film this thing in? whose house will be empty to do you know x right. y and z
0: i mean i uh, with clerks it was just a shot at the store he was working at when the store was closed because that's when it was empty. So like he'd work in there Wild. they close it and then they would shoot all night. I Mm -hmm. think, uh, any other movie after that had like a studio and a decent budget except for chasing Amy, which I think had a minuscule budget, but it was still like studio financed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they like had access to like location scouts and they could like find places. So like, I don't know how much, he had to go find locations after clerks.
1: Well, it was just perfect, regardless. Yeah. Like right down to um the nineties tasticness of Brandy Svenning's father's bedroom.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, that looks like it was shot in a house.
1: Totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um and and again, just circling back to like I do think that these movies in particular And a love and appreciation of Kevin Smith is you know, responsible for the two of us getting together.
0: Yeah. And that, and like, there's this whole view of Ski Universe, and especially the movies that we've watched and like, which are like the first half of his career. Mm -hmm. Like he has, you know, he's made other films and had some significant hurdles to overcome and doing, making movies and, you know. Lots of other crap he's making movies the way
1: that he wants to.
0: Yeah, and just, you know, shit he's had to deal with. Um, but the podcasts are like I mean, he's got like five you know, a handful of podcasts that he does regularly. Um, the evening withs, which like Mm. the Q and A's, which he goes all over the country and does Q and A's. Like he'll talk about a shit.
1: We need to go to one of those.
0: We should figure that out.
1: I can't believe we haven't figured that. I guess I we're, assumed he wasn't doing them anymore.
0: I think he is. We're we're pretty busy people.
1: No, we're not that busy. Are you
0: serious? <laughs> okay. Uh, let me just say, yes, we are.
1: And yes, we can if figure- If we have time to figure out going to a Tool concert, we have time. Yeah,
0: we can figure it out, but we're also busy. Okay. Anywho, before we wrap this up, one thing I do have to say is that not only his willingness to like- Be sappy about moving, like movie moments, music Mm -hmm. that he enjoys. Like he was like the scene I mentioned before about Endgame when Sam is like on your left. Like I I don't know if I was on TikTok or something, but he's like talking about that and like getting choked up. Yeah, I'm like I totally get that because I like can't watch that without getting chills. Mm -hmm. And then I (laughs) scrolling through TikTok and saw the voice, the actor that does the voice of Optimus Prime.
1: I know. on stage
0: talk about how he found the voice and he's like he didn't find it yet he had you know he has the script but he hasn't found the voice yet and he's about to record it and then he says larry who i don't know who it is he's like if you're going to be a leader you have to be strong enough to be gentle and he took that and he just like my name is optimus Pro- i'm getting chills just thinking about oh it my oh God. i can't i can't watch it too much because i'll probably i won't even get man tears they may just be Full, full on flowing yeah. like if god wanted to tell me to do something mm-hmm. god would appear and sound like optimus prime like optimus prime yeah. okay that would be the easiest way
1: so yeah. i have a question um yeah to uh close this out
0: i do have one more thing oh. that kevin smith should be known for
1: do you want to go first
0: sure i'm pretty sure this is him and i said he said something like this many times where it's like he is so unafraid to encourage artists as far as like mm. filmmakers, writers. And he said something that's so brilliant and beautiful. He's like, it costs nothing to encourage an artist. Oh. And like, you never know, like that person can make your new favorite thing and you'll have no idea. It costs I nothing. So I know much. it's fucking beautiful. Love it.
1: Yeah. So what do you think Kevin Smith's Enneagram type is? Oh,
0: is that what you were going to say? Is that your thing? That's oh, my question. Shit. And, I don't
1: know. and if anybody listening hasn't seen these movies, I cannot stress enough that you'd have incredible insight into Matt's and my humor.
0: I mean, the humor um, is crass and filthy.
1: Crass and filthy. And, filthy. and s- lovely. And the more crass and filthy it is the more hilarious and the more we will laugh. Yeah. Um
0: his enneagram? I can, now see you say enneagram. I don't have an answer. I can the best I can do is do, is his dosha. Oh. She must have a lot yeah. of fire.
1: He has to have.
0: Fire and air. I mean not maybe not air, but definitely fire because if you listen to him tell a story
1: No, he's too way too grounded to have, I think he's f- I think he's pit to kaffa.
0: That's earth and air.
1: Earth and fire. Earth
0: and fire. Yeah, yeah. definitely earth and fire because it seems very grounded, but mm-hmm. also like seems to have a lot of energy and is a talker, and yep. like that's that's where his energy comes, you know, from. So that, that's an enneagram. I don't have an answer. Do you?
1: I think he's a seven. Really? Yeah, I think he's yeah, a seven. Okay. I think. Well, and what solidified it you know, I was kind of swirling it around. And then you said, you just said that quote about mm. like being encouraging to other people, because sevens rarely have like a competition, like mm. bone in them yeah. of like, you know, having to be the best or having yeah. to be the only or having to be the special. Like they don't have to be that they mm. can be the great, like encourager, cheerleader, adventurer, like buddy, friend, friend, to mm. all, and I think that oh. that um I think I think he's seven, seven. I, and I don't know if he would be a seven with a six wing or an eight wing. um you know my guess maybe is an eight probably, wing <clears throat>
0: eight well I would say eight wing only because
1: his like leadership
0: well, that I think I was just gonna say I don't think he likes a lot of improv with the script, oh I think he he's very like he wants the actress to read what he has written.
1: Well, that's because his writing is fucking brilliant, and so everyone needs to just do what it says. Get Follow on. the simple instructions.
0: What is a, So where does the seven go in growth? One? Oh, that would make sense. Is that true? That would be like, stick to the script.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, or maybe not, because you go to seven in growth. Yeah. Maybe they go to Five hmm I think they go to five. Mm, okay. And that would make sense too, because of like fives have that like great researcher and mm. body of knowledge. And and uh, I can imagine his brain just must have <laughs> so many files of brilliant information. <laughs> because of all the it. references <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. like such a good memory to yeah. to be able to recall, like, yeah, and I use that in this thing that i'm doing and it will yeah i'm you know, just yeah, yeah amazing so well,
0: if you like profound <laughs> filthy movies we have oh several God, we can recommend
1: mo- let's not call them filthy movies okay let's we have <laughs> to come up with something else um they are uh amazing and a little inappropriate oh so inappropriate so wildly inappropriate but- but, but and it's in the best analysis. way, uh, and the writing is fantastic, and it's very relatable. And if you are anywhere near Mets or my age,
0: forty-two and forty-one respectively, and
1: you have not seen these movies, then oh, they're
0: worth a rent. They're
1: a level of like homecoming that yeah. I think uh, yeah. you'll appreciate, similar to how probably our parents would feel about the Big Chill. Oh. Bringing it right home. Bringing
0: it right home. Well done. Wrap it up up with a bow, honey. Good job. Look at that. couldn't have planned that any better. (laughs) This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks, everyone.